Elijah, sir, thank you so much um, for making time. Uh, first of all, I know I hopefully you're not charging us by the hour. <laughs> uh, but, I'll tell you later. <laughs> uh, thank you for making time, coming on, and kind of sharing your story, sharing what you're about. Um, I know you a little bit from growing up, uh, Slavic Corral together. My high school. Went to high, school, high school went to the same Woodcreek High School, Oak, Oakmont, Oakmont, Oakmont High School. Oakmont. Um, so now you're you're a grown man. You're an attorney. Uh, so introduce yourself and a little bit about yourself, and then we can kind of get to the big questions. Well, um, if I would use like one phrase, I'm a business attorney. Okay. But at this point of my career, I encompass some other areas of law. So I do estate planning, I do nonprofit, and I do bankruptcy. Okay. Especially in light of COVID and the, the consequences of COVID. So in short, I'm a business attorney. Okay. That's what I do. I work with businesses in any stage of their, of their life. So business attorney, you're usually hired by businesses, not private, not private parties. Well, business is a private party. Okay, sorry. Yeah, um, like individuals you mean. And not individuals. No, no, it's both because okay. you might have a business idea and okay. then you want to start a business. That's how they start. So I start with an individual. Okay. We form a business. Um, we analyze what kind of legal entity to select. Okay. We thoroughly review the compliance section because a lot of people just form uh, a legal entity. Hey, mm -hmm. I opened up a business. LLC. LLC. Everyone's doing everyone's LLC. LLC, which uh, sometimes is not a good choice. Yeah. And they don't, they don't know the legal requirements. For example, in construction, when you do any work around home, mm -hmm. there is a specific statute related to how a contract should look mm -hmm. to the point of what font do you use on a contract and then mm -hmm. how bold the text is and where the location of a certain text is. So it's the, very, very specific. The font? The font size. Oh my god. So um, that's, that's a requirement and that's, I help people depending on the industry to achieve that compliance after okay. you, in essence, I hold their hand. So okay. that's the individual. When you're talking about an actual company, a company might have an employment issue. For mm -hmm. example, the recent AB5 law, which mm -hmm. is huge. And that's actually, it's even more important than people realize mm -hmm. is how do I classify my, my, a person under me as an independent contractor or as an employee? How do I do that? What are the legal possible uh, correct ways to actually bypass that or actually embrace it. Mm -hmm. So business who's existing and then they have legal questions or can they lawfully discriminate? Mm -hmm. Because you, you lawfully could discriminate based on the entity. If you're like a religious entity and if you're a minister okay. or if you're a church, you can lawfully discriminate against people who don't believe what you believe in. So including the companies and some, uh, when you're a company, there are ways where you can discriminate. It's rare. Mm -hmm. But we assess that and then we give an answer. So is this like when you walk into a business and you, and you see a sign, we hold the right to... Refuse service ref to anyone? Yeah, correct. More, more like it's not that. Well, you could refuse. Okay. That might be a face. You might discriminate, but not tell anyone. You just tell them all, I'm not going to do any okay. services for you. So. Okay, okay, got you. So in short, that's what a business attorney is, but I'm sure it's not that easy. Um let's go into what is a business attorney um maybe we can start with uh with your schedule we can start with uh even before that kind of how you became how much schooling mm -hmm. kind of what did it cost you to become a business attorney so i've been in school for nine years okay and i think that could be that's a bit on the longer end and i'll explain why because okay. during my college years I was exploring and thinking I changed my major okay so when you start from the beginning beginning uh, the very first phase is to uh, determine what background do you have like what do you have existing do you have an AS AA do you have a bachelor's mm -hmm. 
um, if you already know if you want to go to law school, mm-hmm. so that's the path is relatively simple. If okay. you know you want to be an attorney and you have an existing um, education, they won't admit you to law school if you don't have a bachelor's. You must have a bachelor's. In something. In something. It doesn't matter where okay. and what. Um, I didn't. So here we have three schools in the area. We have Lincoln Law School. That's the school I went to. Mm-hmm. We have UC Davis School of Law, and we have McGeorge School of Law. Mm-hmm. Uh, McGeorge is the middle one. I think UC Davis is the most expensive. Lincoln Law School is the least expensive because it's mm-hmm. a night school. Mm-hmm. So it's not open during the day. So that's where the cost is from. And then you don't have full-time professors. The professors are judges and uh, other lawyers. Okay, okay. So that's how the school works. They made an exception, and they make exceptions for people who have an AS degree, mm-hmm. um, conditional, they give you an extra half a year to test you out. If you pass mm-hmm. that year, mm-hmm. you are admitted officially. Otherwise, you're tentatively admitted. Okay. So they looked at my, they required two, I had two AS degrees. Mm-hmm. They um, said it was conditional. You must pass, um, take the LSATs. It's a mm-hmm. law school admission um, LSAT, school council. It's a pre-law admission you have to pass an exam and then they give you a score called okay. the LSAT score. Mm-hmm. That score determines what school you can attend. If you go to a higher tier schools, they'll require the higher number. If mm-hmm. you go to lower tier schools, such as they, they don't really look at the score. Well, they do, but they don't. Okay. So it's not as significant. So A, you have to have a pre-existing education. It's a must. And then two, you must pass, take the LSAT and give a, a take a score that that school specifically accepts. Okay. So would you say... You you love what you do right now? Are you every day excited? About, I'm I'm sure there's a cha- there's challenges, and no career or no job is without challenges. But you come in every day and you're like, let let's get after uh, this business analysis or business. If if a business law was the only thing in life that I ever did, mm-hmm. it's if I would identify myself. Oh, I am an attorney because I don't. I am an attorney and I yeah. do that. But I just I've got so many other things going on in my life. Okay. That it's just this is not the only thing, so I can't really say that. Okay, I'm excited gotcha. for my other uh, nonprofit endeavors that I'm about to begin that mm-hmm. I'm planning. They're huge, but bigger than my law firm. Uh, then, um, so I wouldn't say so. So yes and no. Okay. But when I am actually engaged in what I do, I love contracts. When actually, that's the only that's one of the things that I actually enjoy, fully enjoy when I do, uh, um, pr- provide services for my, for my clients. Actually, drafting mm-hmm. contracts because okay. it's who I am. The structure, the, the specificity, the terms, um, strategic planning. How would you phrase this sentence to mislead mislead the other party? If you mm-hmm. had an attorney, mm-hmm. you would notice it. But if you don't, you'll miss it. Mm-hmm. So that's the, one of the tactics. Okay. So that's what I really enjoy. We're not lying. I like to walk the line and then yeah. do it knowingly exactly where the line cuts off. Yeah, so yeah. I would say yes, I would enjoy it. Okay. It took me a long time to get here. Right. You better enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so... But uh, yeah, there are days where it's really challenging. I'm on my own. Okay. So uh, I do have a network of attorneys. I do have mentors that I can mm-hmm. call. Mm-hmm. But you're still, at the end of the day, you're alone. Right. And then you don't have this database of um, cases that you can tap into. Hey, we had this case two years ago with the UPS or with FedEx, for for example, if you're dealing with transportation. Mm-hmm. You can't tap into that. You actually, you're the one who who's actually building creating the path. The you're history. creating the history. Yeah. So when I have associates who are, and they'll come in. Oh, that's easy. I'm gonna just take the old case and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. work on it. It's not so easy right now. Okay. So a lot of reading, a lot of uh, researching, a lot of researching to make sure that the work is legit. And then okay, so you're not only an attorney; you have your own law firm. 
Yes, I actually own a law firm. You own a law firm. So uh, what's the difference between owning a law firm and just being an attorney for a law firm? Uh, what are, are there more responsibilities? I'm guessing there <laughs> is. A <laughs> little bit. Of course, there's a lot of responsibilities. Actually, I want to go back to the schooling. Okay. I didn't quite uh, finish. So when you go to law school, um, typical schools, day schools are three years. Mm-hmm. And then the night schools, the one that I went to is four years. Okay. So that's how long it's going to take you. So and that's mm. one of the challenge. challenges is actually um, passing law school. And it's difficult. And usually when you fail the first year, mm-hmm. you're academically disqualified. Mm-hmm. And you can't resubmit until a certain period passes. Oh, wow. So if you do pass, and then th- if you pass the first year, you're set. You're okay. Mm-hmm. You'll, be, you'll be okay through, through uh, school. When you do pass, hopefully you determine what you want through law school, what area of law. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big question. It was a big question of, for me. It was um, during my third year that I really more or less identified what exactly I would want to do because my, I had issues with how, will I, how would I resolve morality because some cases are inherently immoral mm-hmm. from the biblical standpoint. So mm-hmm. for me, that was a huge deal. I don't want to live with my conscience. Can you, can you go into that a little bit, explain that a little bit more? So um, every professor that I really liked at school, I mm-hmm. always had a conversation. How do you reconcile your beliefs mm-hmm. and then with your, uh, with your profession? Mm-hmm. One, case in, one class in particular was family law. It was by Judge Bumni Alawani. She's uh, from uh, uh, England, mm-hmm. but she's from she's African American. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a great friend of mine. She's a judge here in Sacramento County, mm-hmm. and then she's a family law judge okay. and a family law professor. Mm-hmm. So you have to deal with the same sex couples. You have to mm-hmm. deal with um, divorces, and then mm-hmm. she was a pa- she's a wife of a pastor, mm-hmm. and she actually teaches in her church. Okay. So she's a deeply religious person. So we connected on many levels. So I asked her that question. So that's very important when you're a deeply religious person, you have convictions, and then you have a client who comes in and tells you to lie or to do something that is not ethical. Mm-hmm. Because if it's illegal, it doesn't mean it's immoral. If it's mm. legal, it doesn't mean it's moral. Because legal, legally laws can change, morality doesn't change. Yeah, morality is something set in set in stone. Mm-hmm. So something might be illegal, but it might be moral. Like mm-hmm. I believe it's perfectly moral to drive 50 in a 45. But it's just illegal. Right, so, okay. I mean, I won't get punished by God, which is, which is great. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. So, that's, the, uh, that's a big, that was a big concern for me to determine what exactly. So, criminal law was out of the picture automatically, and okay. then family law was out of the picture automatically. Because? Because of um, conflicts with morality. Okay. So, right now, the way, because you're legally, you're, you still learn. Um, I would work, for example, white-collar crime, mm-hmm. dealing with dentists uh, dentist who got the license revoked through the board, so representing them through the board, or a mm-hmm. medical prof- So it's more of a white collar, maybe traffic law. Traffic law deals with, so it's a criminal not, law. Not violent crime. Non-violent crime, okay. yes. But if it's murder, rape, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that might be uh, one of the ch- more challenging things to uh, reconcile. But if you prosecute the one suing on behalf of the government, that might be easier for you because it, you're just punishing the evil, right. which Defending. makes more sense. Defending is the, the issue that you may have. And I'm I'm glad you're 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 honest with yourself about that because many people are not honest with themselves about it, and they think, oh, it's probably not that big of a deal, and they walk into it, and before they know it, it's probably too late. Yeah, there are mechanisms. For example, in the government, I was speaking to um, Steve Grippy. We had Robert Gold. They're the guys who decide who to sue, who mm-hmm. to prosecute up there in our Sacramento County. Mm-hmm. And then they say, if you get a case where respect the attorney's decision, hey, this is on the line, can you please reassign this case to someone else? So mm-hmm. they're very respective 
uh, in the government mm, uh, dealing okay. with uh, what is um, inherently good or bad. But some people just don't care. And I, and I felt like I was all my law school class, like everyone in my class. There were a few uh, Christians who would openly identify themselves as, as Christians. Mm-hmm. It's just people just didn't care. It's just, I don't care. If it's illegal or legal, I'll just do it because it makes money. Mm, okay. So unfortunately, that's majority of, that's why a lot of lawyers get, get a bad name. So Because um, they're just doing it for the money. Because they just don't care. Okay. Whatever brings in money. Because what matters? Because morality is not something that is set in stone. Okay. And, and because they don't have that set in stone, they can do they're whatever. driven by money is a is a is driving something factor. greater to them driving factor than morality or 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 right or justice or or whatever yeah there are christians who are really um have a strong moral ethics strong moral code mm-hmm. and i identify with those and then uh, with with gladness one of the attorneys actually told me yeah i see you're a person um an individual with a strong moral code and then you mm-hmm. won't do certain things which was actually a nice testimony to myself there are a lot of non-believers who are actually inherently moral I would say they, they won't do something dishonest because mm-hmm. that's who they are. Mm-hmm. They're just brought up, so it's just more of a more of an ethics side, and then obviously the dark side. I was to call them mm-hmm. people, uh, everyone else. Right. But yeah, when you actually select the area of, of law, you have to determine a type of law. Every law divides into another subcategory. Okay. You might be like a transactional attorney or a litigation attorney. So I, that that no idea, is no idea what transactional. I know. I'll, I'll explain, but okay. that is more important than selecting the area of law. Okay. And then I didn't know that until actually towards graduation. A transactional attorney, and I'm a business transactional attorney, I don't mm-hmm. sue anyone. Okay. I do pre-litigation, meaning upcoming to a lawsuit, and then mm-hmm. when the actual lawsuit begins, I hand it off. Okay. So that automatically removes a lot of the moral uh, complications and then frees up my time. Mm-hmm. Because when you do litigation, active lawsuit, we're in court right now. The judge needs this. The other party needs this. You have motions to draft, briefs to draft. Mm-hmm. complaints to draft and then this is all fully litigation and then i would do light litigation but this is very time consuming so when you're talking about scheduling the very first question you have to find out as an attorney do you want to be a transactional or litigation so in business there is such a thing as a transactional business attorney mm-hmm. and personal injury when you're suing people in car accidents tort law it's called tort law mm-hmm. uh, when you have an injury it's purely <laughs> uh, litigation People okay. settle, settle, so you can, I mean, take a case, but never actually go to court. But mm-hmm. you won't be honest with your clients because client expects you to sue in case you need to sue. Right, and, and the goal is probably for the lawyer to settle the case. Well, the lawyer wants to settle because he gets a percentage of a settlement. The client doesn't really want to settle all the time. Yeah. I'm not an expert in that field, but I know okay. how that works. You're motivated to settle. The yeah. client is not so. So there's a the ethical thing what to do on, on that with that regard. Okay, as well. okay, okay. That's crazy. So you pass law school, yeah, which is difficult. Hopefully you choose what you want. Then okay. you have to pass the bar exam. Okay. The bar exam is one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. Okay. And I don't think I'll ever do anything more uh, more more difficult. Uh, Passing the bar exam one of the, was 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 cruel. It's something that you wouldn't, uh, you know. It was evil. Was it moral? Well, I think it was more than <laughs> evil. It wasn't immoral. It was difficult. Okay. I guess I was, um, people scared me enough at the right moment mm-hmm. for me to actually be terrified. And with that terror, you study as, you know, your life depended on it. And then lo- mm-hmm. literally financially, where I was, I was literally my financial life dependent on that exam. If I failed, yeah, I'll be in bankruptcy. Like I have a job. I don't have anything. What am I yeah. supposed to do if I fail? Because the, the next administration is usually in six months. Yeah. 
bar okay. administration. You know, you can take it in February or July. Well, now with COVID, they changed it. Okay. So that's, you can pass law school. There are a lot of people who have a law school degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you see a name and it has a comma and says a JD, that means Juris Doctor, but attorneys usually put Esquire, ESQ. If you, have, if you see ESQ, that's a licensed attorney. If you see a JD, that's a, almost an attorney. Never passed the bar. Oh, okay. It's so a, that's what it means. It's a poser. JD, JD means Juris Doctor. I have okay. a doctor. It's a doctorate degree. Okay. A doctorate in jurisprudence. That's what it stands for, JD, okay. in Latin. But you have to actually be licensed. Okay. That's another thing. That's crazy. Yeah. So then when you actually get licensed, mm-hmm. there's a, a dilemma. Well, usually it's a given for people. Work for someone. That's mm-hmm. where they slave you to death. So look at this noob. Has no experience. I'm going to yeah. pay him lower than you know what a usual bachelor is. Well, I guess, yeah. More like in the 40s, 50s a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how much I'm going to pay him because he is going to learn and I'm going to walk away. So that's the choice. And then they're going to work you to death. Mm-hmm. So the, when you ask about schedule, when you work for someone, there's a thing called a billable hour. Yeah. I'll explain what a billable hour is, okay. right? Which yeah. is evil. Yeah. No, it's not, but it's evil in light of your life. If, especially if you have right. kids, if you have family, that's absolute evil. Mm-hmm. In, a, in an eight-hour day, people say usually you have nine hours of work, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have a half an hour lunch or mm-hmm. one hour lunch, and then mm-hmm. you have two breaks. Mm-hmm. So in essence, you don't have an eight-hour day. It's a nine-hour day. Let's okay. assume you have nine hours. A billable hour is an hour you can fully bill a client. For example, if you get billed three, if you bill a client three fifty an hour, mm-hmm. which is a bit high for me because I'm a new attorney, so I, I don't bill that high. It's usually mm-hmm. two seventy five, three hundred per mm-hmm. hour. Mm-hmm. It's a work you directly do on a client. You type a document for one hour, you bill for one hour, one point two hours, one point three hours. That's a billable hour. When you work for a law firm. It ranges from five billable hours a day till eight, mm-hmm. depending who you work at, worked at. Before I became an attorney, I worked for a family law firm, and then their requirement was six hours a day. So in six eight hour, hours, an eight-hour day, you have to bill six. Mm-hmm. So in an eight, so it doesn't it excludes your breaks? You can't bill a break. Mm-hmm. You can't bill your lunch. You can't bill a training. You can't bill administrative stuff. You can't bill answering a phone call. You can't bill this or that. So eight-hour day, you spend three or four hours administratively. How in the world are you going to supposed to build the other six? Yeah. So it's impossible. That's so you literally true. start working at a firm. That's why you see those movies where attorneys work till midnight yeah. because they have a billable hour they have to meet. I can't live with that billable hour. I've got, yeah. you know, children and I've got a family and then I'm, I need to, to exist. And then yeah. law is not something, like I said earlier, will identify as the only thing that I do. Yeah. So <laughs> they go to law school, yeah. decide what you want to be, transactional, non-transactional, pass the bar, mm-hmm. work for someone, and then the billable hours. That's the killer. That's crazy. But then they, they, when you learn the law and then you have a decision either to go for yourself, mm-hmm. working for yourself, or continue working for someone. Mm-hmm. That's where I made the decision. As soon as I got my bar exam, bar results, I got sworn in a couple of days later. Well, I wasn't swear, it wasn't an oath for me. It was an affirmation because I don't swear. I, don't, mm-hmm. I didn't take an oath. That's another thing that you don't have to. Mm-hmm. So I, I got affirmed into the bar, I would say, uh, the next day. And then I knew exactly that I'm going to start my own firm. I had an office leased mm-hmm. and I just started on my own right away. And then for me, and then it, it, get this, when they bill you mm-hmm. to the client for a firm, they bill you, let's say at 350. Mm-hmm. They pay you around 50 bucks an hour. So they take, they take $300 an hour as difference. Well, overhead cost, right. Overhead, $300 an hour. <laughs> 
Okay, <laughs> listen to this. When I opened up my own law firm, yeah. I had to bill one and a half hours a day to make my overhead and make my income. The same as if I was an attorney, which was higher usually than I would yeah, work yeah. someone. That's crazy. Um, let's jump back real quick. You said you don't have to swear an oath. Oh, yeah. Do other attorneys have to swear an oath? Yes, no, and what's why? What's going on there? So when you take uh, an office, central office, as a president or as a judge, right? You have to you know, take an oath, mm -hmm. and an oath is I swear, blah 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 blah, to mm -hmm. uphold the laws of the United States and the state of California. Well, it's not technically true. Even if you go to court, I swear to tell the truth and uh, only truth, not but the truth. It's mm -hmm. kind of the same thing. You can say, no, I can't swear. And say, why? Well, and I believe it's Matthew 18, 18. Do not swear by anything. Mm -hmm. um, what's in the heavens or on the earth? You just say yes, yes, or no, no. And that could be your basis. And then they say, okay, can you affirm? So it could be um, an oath or affirmation. I believe there are two presidents that actually um, skipped the oath, mm. but um, did an affirmation. So, okay. And then yeah. when you are in front of the judge and say, hey, I'm not going to um, swear. I'm going to be no, no. Oh, no problem. So. Okay. Do you do you um, uh, solemnly affirm to uphold the state of the California the laws of the state of California and the United States? And then so it's yeah, just I affirm. A, it's a legalistic type of no, thing. not really. You're not actually swearing. You're just promising. Okay, I confirm. Like yes, yeah. yes, uh, okay. no, no. And then same thing. If you have a traffic ticket and then you have to be in court for trial, you don't have to swear. Like I'm not going to swear. I can solemnly affirm. That should be your response. Okay. If you're if that's one of your religious objections. Okay. People. Some people just don't care. Okay. Because it's not like actually swearing, swearing in a normal sense of the word. So mm -hmm. I just, there's a way out. Why not take it? Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you said schedule billable hours. So as a noob, how long did you work for a, for a firm? Before I started on my own? Yes. Um, that's one of the most difficult things that um, happened to me. Because I think you just scared a couple of people. That I were scared? Yeah, they're, they're listening and they wanted to be lawyers and they're like, okay, what? I well, I didn't know that either. I went, uh, an attorney scared me yeah. into opening up my own practice, which I think he was godsend. He's my colleague. He's my mentor. And we refer clients to each other. And then he gives me transactional work. I give him litigation, mm -hmm. which is a win-win. He does litigation transactional. Yeah. So, and I, I think people need to know that there is a way out. If people, you're into trouble. Like, they don't know. Is seven hours a day a lot? I don't know. It all depends on the work you do. If there's not enough work, if you have five hours, billable hours a day, that's totally doable. Six hours is doable. Seven, eight, seven uh, hard. Yeah. Eight is difficult and nearly impossible. If you're of not billable married, hours. If you're not married, yeah, go for it. Mm -hmm. I was married. Yeah. Three children. Oh man. Eight billable hours. Are you insane? Yeah. That's unreal. So um, that's uh, the. I lost the train of thought. Okay, that, that, that. that's kind of the schedule. And so you're you're suggesting if if you're if you're single and you ha and you can sacrifice your life, it might be better to go work for somebody, learn learn, get yeah, yeah. get the experience, get that out of the way, and then kind of realize for yourself what you want to do if you want to work for yourself. Yes, they say. Three years solid, five years is great. Seven years, if you're good, mm -hmm. I was told, uh, you'll be known. And then people will give you offers, great offers. Okay. So you might end up uh, staying at the firm if you're really good, really nice terms. And then uh, they just continue working for a firm. It's just the very first years, they slave you. And then you need to learn the trade. And it's really difficult. So, so how long did you work for a firm? Oh, um, I didn't work for a firm. Before I became an attorney, mm -hmm. 
I was during law school. I took um, one externship. I worked for the California Department of Tax and Fee Administration, mm-hmm. um, formerly known as Board of Equalization, the mm-hmm. organization that everyone hates. <laughs> it's the tax organization. Mm-hmm. I worked there for a year, uh, slightly over a year, because I needed experience. So mm-hmm. I was working full time. I was in school. Mm-hmm. I had a family, and I had to get experience because I don't want to slave for someone. So you yeah. need to be more um, marketable when you graduate. Mm-hmm. So I needed to do something. I couldn't, and I wrote a book. Oh, um, okay. All that, not, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was really really stressful. So I stayed up late uh, a lot of the times. Then I worked for an injury, uh, not injury, um, employment litigation firm. While in litigate, school. While in school. So okay. it was uh, one day a week. I stayed and then. It gave me exposure to how the cases went. So usually if you get fired or you get uh, sexually, sexual harassment in, in, at work, which is a big, big issue, you get fired unlawfully. If you're, for example, a Sabbatarian, you keep the Sabbath and then they fire you because they need you to work on a Saturday. That's illegal. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can't worship on a Saturday or you can't like worship at your place of um, work mm-hmm. or the religious accommodations. So a lot of the employment issues. And I really like employment type. That was litigation. So I worked six months there. And I worked three months for um, Pacific Justice Institute mm-hmm. doing their immigration cases. Mm-hmm. Didn't get some exposure to that. Not doing that, but got exposure to that. Yeah, yeah. So total, I would say I had two years of experience uh, on various firms before I began. But it gave me a lot of exposure to different areas. And I know exact, I knew exactly when I graduated what, well, what I wanted to do. Okay, so you mentioned that after you graduated, you realized that there's a much or there's a bit, there's a broad variety of different types of lawyers you can be. And when you started school, you didn't know those things. What what are all the different types of lawyers? Because when I think of lawyer, I think it's like a nurse. Nurses are all the same thing. Lawyers are all the same thing. I'm learning that that's not the case. No, oh, no, that's not. Actually, to back off why I changed my career. Yeah. Um, I was actually working for Apple mm-hmm. and I worked for a partner at Apple. So I dealt with uh, in a technology. Uh, realm. I was a mm-hmm. technician and I was really good at it. I became the youngest um, lead, the mm-hmm. youngest supervisor, the youngest manager at the firm before I uh, left to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I worked in a tech industry and I actually have a degree in tech, okay. AS and robotics, and I've got mm-hmm. an associate's in, the, in electronics. Nice. So, and I knew exactly how much I'm going to make when I graduate. I was mm-hmm. actually making more. I was making as much as a bachelor would make uh, a degree, and I, was, I didn't even have my associate. My wife was actually angry for me. With me. Got a bachelor's and you don't have an AS and you make you would make way more than so I I knew I was at the right time at the right place um, yeah, yeah that sort of thing so I knew exactly how much can I make and then I already reached the ceiling at that point okay and that wasn't enough and then that was working with my hands so being a lawyer is more of an intellectual based job so okay. you have to determine that if you're more of a hands-on person law is not for you I was doing the hands-on things and I'm like I'm more of a contemplate like on certain like a principle in life. I would like, theorize. I wish someone paid me to think. No, no. So that was, um, that was uh, my decision. Mm-hmm. Being a lawyer was the only thing that I thought of at the time that was more of a in tune of who I was. Mm. Sorts of um, more of a mind work. So you were, work. were you a very particular guy? Like you like to follow the letter or follow the law? Um, just like in life, just like a perfectionist type? Yeah, or? I am a perfectionist and I suffer okay. from it. And then you have to study if a uh, perfectionist listens to you self-diagnose or were you diagnosed um, by a doctor? No, I was self-diagnosed. I had Jordan Peterson, okay. a lot of other uh, psychological books. I read, um, I'm not going to lie, four to five books. And that's a lot, actually, uh, modernly. 
yeah, yeah. about a single, <laughs> single subject. So I know I'm a perfectionist and I know where to stop because it's gonna it's gonna kill you. Okay, right. You're gonna drive. You're gonna be insane. So, so um, being an attorney, do you do you fight with the like uh, this is good enough? I have to drop it here. No, I'm actually I drive it to the end. You drive it to the yeah, end. Yeah, there's okay. a reasonable end, and then I I draw lines. It's just I'm not gonna make it perfect. It's not worth the money to make it perfect. You're not yeah. paying me for it to be perfect. So yeah. in my sense of what I yeah. what perfection is. So okay. as far as how to document should look, like the formatting things. Yeah, I, I like what you just said. You're not paying me to make it perfect. Yeah, and that's that's the perfect balance. So that's you to make it perfect. Perfect is never the goal. The goal is just to get the job done. Job done. Yeah, and okay. then you have to find that early in life. If you're a perfectionist, it's gonna save you, okay. yourself. So, but not all lawyers are perfectionists. Actually, a lot of lawyers are ambiguous, and then that's where you're good at litigation when you're gray. Okay. And you're naturally gray. Like, well, I don't know what's right or wrong. Who's paying me? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what's right. <laughs> so that's that's the key to being a litigation attorney. Who is paying you? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what side to argue. And then I can do that too. Yeah, yeah. Because I represent uh, employers, meaning the dark side. Usually employers are the ones that are oppressing the workers. Right. Well, a lot of times it's the other way around. So, But I do compliance more of a non, non-litigation. That's okay. where I find my peace. Mm-hmm. But a lot of attorneys are gray. And then I was actually scared. Hey, well, you're more of a tech guy. Devel- software developer type if then select one of the the following options and then there's no gray i'm that type of person mm-hmm. like to document everything see all my options and then you have an informed decision to make it's more difficult to achieve if you're like vague well you can go this way you can go that way well it all depends it's I just all up to answer. you it's all up to you how much you're gonna pay me right okay i hate talking to those type of people to be yeah, honest yeah people hate those people people like me especially <laughs> i'm very honest and i'm upfront. Yeah. And then people are just sometimes shocked with information that I give them. Like, why? He just gave me two minutes for free and he just told me all this info? My my consultations are free. Okay. My All of them are free. So okay. uh, it's not consultations. It's sometimes the type of information you give. Okay. Some people shop around for attorneys. They don't mm-hmm. want to pay to anyone. They just call attorneys, mm-hmm. get some free advice. So I kind of sense people who are giving free advice, searching for legal advice mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. And I give them intentionally ambiguous answers. Like omitting okay. some crucial things. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to give you my plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hire me. Pay me. You'll get a good product. Okay. So help me understand this. Uh, free, free consultation. And then you pay for more consultation or to drive the job to the end. What is, a free, what is free consultation? What is the consultation? Is. Is. What is free consultation? What is consultation? It's meant to get you in the door. Sign you as a client. Okay. For example, if you're starting a business, a mm-hmm. consultation would mean calling up, discussing what you do, and then mm-hmm. what it can do for you. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, over the phone, form a corporation or an LLC, and then do statutory compliance. You can't do that. I might have an answer, like a question. People call me, hey, what do I do in this scenario? Um, and then if it's a client that I want to win, I'll just give him free advice mm-hmm. because he's going to call me next time for a project, and then he'll hire me. So you do a balancing. So uh, consultations are intended to be um, an invite to hire you. It's more of an opportunity for you to sell yourself mm-hmm. to a client so he can retain you. So that's what it is. Okay. People use consultations to harvest legal advice. And I know some people, like they're starting a business, they're too cheap, and they're cheap. They're not poor, they're cheap mm-hmm. to actually hire an attorney um, and then you know, enhance the economy because that's how economy works. People hire each other to do their work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they just chose not to. Uh, called a couple of attorneys, got their answers, and then started a business. So what, what's one way of um, that you identify someone that's calling just to harvest 
harvest they ask very particular questions very specific questions they already know exactly what they're, what they're asking for, for and okay. then they know um they don't want to work with an attorney usually or well, they're very ambiguous well uh, come in for a consultation let's schedule a zoom uh, a zoom consultation I'm like, no no it's okay i just had a quick question oh okay okay but i'm still learning because a lot of people are smarter so i'm not saying i can uh, tell all the time mm -hmm. so i could probably i probably gave free advice to people which is okay. fine i get exposure too yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'm, I'm i'm learning as well okay Business ideas, uh, people who work, uh, exposure to facts. And a lot of people that attorneys need is exposure to facts. A lot of facts, a lot of scenarios, scenarios, mm -hmm. scenarios, mm -hmm. facts, facts. So I'm hungry with facts. When people call me, they give me facts. That's what I need. It enhances my brain to learn more because I can apply those facts now. And that's something that law school teaches you, tries to teach you. But unfortunately, people get later on. And then it's hard to understand like the significance of facts. So okay. I would say, yeah. Okay. So you talked a little bit about this already, but why did you, you had a job, you're making great money, you hit the ceiling. Why, or how did this all happen? One day did you wake up and you said, I want to be an attorney. Why did you choose to change your career? Your, your everything pretty much. A lot of people ask me that question. I can't really answer that. I think it was divine. Really? Because we're, 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 I think we're, we're inherently religious people together here. So I can say yeah. that mm -hmm. it was divine. And then my, my legal journey is divine. And I can specifically look back. I didn't know it at the time. You can look back and you say, wow, that, well, once might be like, oh, that's might be luck. Yeah. yeah Twice yeah. might be coincidence. Three, four, and five, they're not a coincidence. And I was like on the edge all wow. the time. Like either it's this or nothing. So for me, it was divine. Okay. I can say right now. At the time, I didn't. And I haven't re actually reached the ceiling. Um, if I worked in the Silicon Valley, I could make more. Mm -hmm. I worked here in Roseville. And then that wasn't really what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, identify as. Because being a technician working on robots, really nice. I mean, if you work for a right firm, it wasn't the right company. It wasn't mm -hmm. the right management. Mm -hmm. um, they want to save money and understand them. They're not going to pay you what you want to be paid. So I wasn't making enough. Mm -hmm. I actually started making it more, uh, more when I, they found out I went to law school and they started using me for legal issues. So that's mm -hmm. when it started to pay me more because I became, you know. More you know, intellectual yeah. In, yeah. in law. Because it's cheap. Yeah. Look at that. A law school student is going to work, uh, you know, we're going to pay him as usual and he's going to do legal work. Hey, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is great. I wouldn't blame him. I would do the same thing. Yeah. A normal business person would identify the opportunity. Give them a slight bump and then get that free stuff. Well, free stuff. It's slightly less expensive. Slightly yeah, discounted. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, I use that as experience. And then I brag about the law brag. That's what I did. I did a lot of legal issues, a lot of legal experience at my job as a mm -hmm. commercial transaction. Uh, a lot with Apple, Lenovo, Dell, a lot of the big tech companies. So mm -hmm. I had a lot of exposure. That is really helpful. That's why I love contracts. That's something I started to learn there. Mm -hmm. So, but then, like I um, said before, it's... I'm more of an intellectual person. I'd like to discuss. I would actually, as they say, take the universe and then form it into an opinion. Okay. More. That's the, that's the. That's easily said than than. Yeah. When like, you think about it, it's a little bit you more. You would conceptually sit down and decide. Well, where's society going right now? How can I help society? Mm -hmm. Versus, hey, let me fix your phone. Yeah. Total different mindsets are completely. Right. So I became more of a, and I think it was trained. Mm -hmm. I was more trained naturally because naturally I was fixing things and I got converted. I converted myself, I believe. Let's say it was divine. Mm -hmm. It was a gradual approach where 
you know what? I'm going to choose to go away from my natural and then select this because this is more helpful. I can do more, more work. And plus, as an attorney, you can literally work every, anywhere you want. Do you want to work with old people? Sure, you can do older law, elder law. You want to work in healthcare? You can be a healthcare attorney. You want to do like patents and then intellectual property? Go ahead. You can be an intellectual. Everyone you needs want to be, You want to work with engineers? Go ahead. You're going to be working with engineers doing patents. Um, you want to do design, marketing? Yeah, you can be like a carpet rights attorney or work for like Coca-Cola in the legal department. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you get in there. But yeah, reviewing. So you can be anyone in law. And then literally there is no such thing as a set predefined category of law. There are categories, branches, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. you create your own law. Mm-hmm. If you give, became really great on iPhones, for example, mm-hmm. and then the iPhone had this defect, you're going to be an iPhone attorney. You created a new area of law. You're an iPhone attorney because there's enough work for you to be like to identify as an iPhone attorney, for example. Wow, that's crazy. Because there are branches in our government, in our California structure, for example, CEQA. It's an environmental um, uh, analysis you do before you develop land. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. very specialized. People just do that. I'm a CEQA attorney. CEQA stands for... California Environmental Quality uh, Assurance. I'm making it up. Something like the, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. do they're for, not even environmental attorneys. They are, but they're so narrow. They just they, they just, just help developers. Yeah, that, that's all they do. So literally, if you don't know what to do, go to law school. Mm-hmm. You might learn a thing or two. And yeah, you might yeah. Just be there. So like uh, repairing things or being a technician is probably something that you want to do very fast. It seems like you speak quick. So did you have to teach yourself to to think slowly or to slow oh. down to process things as an attorney now? Yeah, well, I'm mentally I run circles around people. It's really it's really tough. I it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. When a person speaks really slow, <laughs> yeah. And then he just pauses. Pauses. Or he has this like intonation like he's like a bigger person and he just starts talking in a weird yeah. So it's really difficult for so me. So I had listen- to learn how to, well, you have to adapt. He's your client. He needs yeah. to pay you. So you, like, you work dude, around. This guy's going to be more than 300 bucks. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you charge accordingly, but you, not really because yeah. I usually charge a flat fee. Okay. Flat fee, like I'm going to do this contract for 1500 You mentioned Jordan Peterson. How do you, he speaks pretty slow and he likes to think about his No, not his really. Thoughts. He's not a slow person. No? Because he slow, speaks slow enough for you to contemplate what he's saying. Okay, true. So because a lot of but things are like really deep. I'm like, let me even pause this. Right, because I read his to book. It. I read his book, um, 12 Rules for Life. Right. One of the most amazing books that I've ever read. It's just incredible the things that he says in there. So and I paused because that's, that's something deep to, to think about. Mm-hmm. But as I'm more of a speaker, by the way, they had to record me when I was repairing iPhones. It was mm-hmm. so fast. They sent it to corporate Apple. They said, why did you fast forward him? I'm like, we didn't. <laughs> that's how he does it <laughs> at, at, at one time they timed me i was able to at the time disassemble and assemble back together to work full working condition to his crew even the ribbons on the side an iphone 4 verizon yeah in five minutes like every fully single- disassemble like even the ribbons usually remove the logic board the battery and the screen yeah. oh i disassemble it no you didn't there are ribbons and all the cables yeah i was i was fast and i was doing at it and i guess it was natural because i'm yeah. a naturally a fast speaker and then I just get to a thought faster. I win by this because you have to think fast. Right. When a client calls you and you have no clue how to answer, you, you have no clue. You will have an answer. Right. By the time he finishes speaking, you have an answer because you're a quick thinker. Okay. And I think that helps me because you have to figure out the answer. A lot of times you don't because okay. every situation is unique. Did you ever test your IQ? 
I didn't. I was thinking about it. No. Maybe, maybe I'm somewhere there. I don't know. That would be interesting. Either your head would really, really grow or you might be humbled by it. But I think, yeah. I think your head would grow, to um, be probably. honest. Probably. <laughs> um, depending on the, the volume of work that I do outside mm-hmm. of work, I think at the same time, at the given time, and I think that's emotional intelligence. Because at any given time, Ooh, emo- I read seven books and I worked at, no, six books, depending how you look at it. And I do seven biblical projects a day. Okay. So you have a law from a family and then right. you have a uh, music ministry. Yeah. That's what I do. So I think I'm more, I'm more of an end of hyper and then that's, I'm trying to be hyper productive. Yeah, yeah. So that's my goal. And I think I am. And I think that's divine. Mm, okay. So, okay. You mentioned divine. Let's go back to the divine. Like why you think this is divine where you're at right now. What, what kind of showed you the divinity in your, in, in this process? At age 16, I was preaching in front of a church and had a choir. Mm-hmm. I was 16. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I have no clue what I was speaking about because <laughs> I don't know what I knew at the time. Yeah. So for me, now it's a big sign. Um, my scheduling was um, far superior than of my parents. For example, usually parents wake people, kids up for mm-hmm. school. It was the other way around. I would wake up my parents to do something. For example, yeah, yeah. we're late to church. Yeah. To be in church on time. Yeah. can't stand it. At one time, I forwarded my clock, you know, when you had to change the, uh, the two seasons. Right, 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 right. I would, I would actually forward it. That way, I knew exactly how much time we were usually late. Mm-hmm. So I would forward it. So people would think, my, my parents would think, oh, it's actually the time to go. Actually, they're... They're, they're running they're early. Early. Okay. So when my dad found out, he made me change it back. <laughs> so at 16, um, I would stay till midnight compiling biblical research. Mm-hmm. So that was... I just can't identify the source of this driving that drives me. I just really don't. don't. I can't claim it because you just can't. One day it might be gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid of that. That keeps me humble. It might be gone. And then that hasn't left me until now. I still have research that I started back in 2008, mm-hmm. 2009. You can, you can actually count a decade since you worked on a specific project. Some of them are long. Like I'm working on codifying the law of God. Like you have a law, like statutes, mm-hmm. like you have a number to it. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing with the Moses, law of Moses. Oh, man. That's insane. It's been four years. Yeah, to be honest, I don't even know what that means. Mean, yeah, but anyway, so um, <laughs> you're saying, so that's divine. When you yeah. were, um, I was conducting, I was preaching at church, I was heavily involved in church. For me, that's divine. I'm looking back. You can't tell at the time. And that's the weird thing. You just don't know what's happening to you right now. Mm-hmm. Getting married early. Um, I was 20 when I got married. Um, the path that some people might say that's divine. That, well, well, <laughs> no, not really. That's that was social. That wasn't divine. But yeah. I think it, there was a God's hand in everything. Yeah, I think where I actually started the career um, divine portion was mm-hmm. when my boss decided to leave. He happened to be doing compliance, mm-hmm. and he wasn't really good at it. Well, he couldn't work with other people, mm-hmm. and they gave me a shot. You know what? You can be like an assistant. Try this. We'll see what works. And they just worked. And they were great. They were just amazed. I was amazed. I can do this. So I built an, an, an internal management system. What it is is a set of documents that governs the internal document, internal conduct of a company mm-hmm. in a certain area. For example, an environmental uh, management system or how do we recycle? How do we make the planet a better place? Mm-hmm. So it consists of a lot of documents. That's where I started. So it was the, at the, I was at the right time. Um, 
how do they say it? Right time, right, right place. Moment, right place, right moment. Where I would interact in the right way. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that could go wrong, but they didn't. Like I would quit like every day. I would want to quit every year. Yeah. Like every, like every year I would quit. I'm quitting. I'm tired of this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things could go wrong. And then I would became an, a lead at the company. And I was good at what I was doing. And I was growing my own work. Like I was literally creating my own job description. Like mm-hmm. there, no one was doing that before me. Mm-hmm. It grew so much that I had to find a replacement for the department I was leading. Take that. So he would take it over, become a manager in compliance. Mm-hmm. And I was, so I was an analyst first and then I became a manager. So the, the working phases, the phases through career, I see them as divine because I, I wouldn't do it myself. It's not possible. The change from um, tech to law was divine. My interaction with certain denominations, that's a different story. That mm-hmm. was divine. Uh, because you just, uh, how I survived that period of time, the difficult time was 2015, was divine. Mm-hmm. No human will pass through that normally because I would be praying every day. And that was, that saved me mm-hmm. from like total family ruin, career ruin, because I was on the brink of collapse. Everything mm-hmm. was on the brink of collapse. So like a lot of stages where one step back, you're down, you're, you're falling, you're mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. So admitting to law school, if I, if I fail pre-law courses, I'm done with law school, done with my career. If I fail first year, I'm down 10 grand, no education, I'm down, done. Yeah. I graduated law school. Well, I had to graduate. If you didn't, you're done. Yeah. Graduated law school. If you don't take the California bar, you can't take any other bar because your school, Lincoln Law School, is California only. You're done. Because usually if you, if you go to McGeorge or UC Davis School of Law, mm-hmm. you can take the Oregon Law. You can take the easier bars because California and New York are the hardest ones. Mm-hmm. You can go to like uh, Oklahoma or New Mexico where there's barely any people. Mm-hmm. Take the bar. You'll be out of there with no time. It's, it's easy. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I okay. can't. California only. That's and then crazy. now I can't. For me, working for someone, slaving, I'm just, I, I can't financially because they're not going to pay you enough. So okay. I can't financially take it. Okay. So that's how I identify divine. Things are just one way or no way. Okay. And then I see four to five six scenarios in my life where just they're clearly divine without that divine inter- intervention like, intervention things would not be here i don't where, know where, where it would be okay. i really don't and then now he's sending me people my way they're okay. mentors yeah, yeah because um career-wise obviously i agree with my parents my parents are, don't have a doctorate degree in mm-hmm. i can't really consult with them on a lot of things i do but he sends me mentors people i call them the fathers mm-hmm. and they're usually men um i I enjoy talking to women, older women who know life, who um, are, I enjoy, I enjoy all people who can give me advice, but it's mostly men who see who I am, identify who I am, see the potential and tell me, you do this. I say, yes, sir, because that's not him speaking. That's God's way of telling me what to do. Okay. So that's how I identify that. And then so far, I know exactly that I'm doing exactly what I have to do. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Dude, that's a blessing, man. Like, I'm sitting in my office. I'm sitting, I'm in my office. A year ago, I wouldn't know where I was. Like, I'm in my office. Like, I have a law group because I connect with attorneys. We connect based on case basis. I can see pastors here. I can write my books here. I can do, I can do a book event in my office. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't even plan for it. Like, if you wouldn't want it to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because there's so many moving pieces to get this all working together. So that's divine. What else is it? Yeah. I'm not smart. You think I'm smart? I'm not because that's not, 
that's not that's not. If you're smart, you can't really control circumstances. Mm -hmm. Totally different things. People are smart. Yeah. And then there are circumstances. There are a lot of smart people who are no one. The, yeah, they just in a their lot minds. of a lot of average people who are really smart. Usually, if you may, if you're a C, they say right? be nice to your C D students because yeah. you might be end up working for them. That's yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true that is actually true. you don't have you don't need to i didn't make straight a's yeah i wasn't a straight a student high school i was i slept through high school but i wasn't straight a's either it was like more of a b plus a minus a because mm -hmm. it was boring but um i wasn't an a plus I'm more of like a b plus b okay. minus c plus student okay dude that, that's, that's that's all you needed to pass law school see you have a beautiful story because i mean divine i think i think blessed there's many people that are out there that are lost. They look up to to a lawyer of a person of success and they think that they can create themselves to become a successful lawyer or attorney. Um, but obviously in your case, it was definitely not that. You just kind of were put into certain places and exposed to, the, to certain things at the correct time. Um, I want to move to the how can I part. People listening that maybe want to become an attorney or a lawyer what advice would you give them obviously first what advice would you give them in regards to the bar exam and mm -hmm. then we can go from there so first would uh, um ask is it really what you want to do and then unfortunately as a non-lawyer you have no clue what lawyers do right so that's the dilemma how do i know if i want to do that certain certain thing but the beauty with law is there's so many things you could do with law mm -hmm. so you can be an immigration attorney Mm -hmm. You can do soft IP, you can do hard IP, you can do personal injury, you can do banking, you can do, you can, there's a lot of things you can do. So you're not going to be lost when you start as an attorney, because if you don't like one field, if you like adoption, like adoption law, it is mm -hmm. a competitor right here. You can do adoptions, like, like helping people actually, mm -hmm. like part of my ideal or area of law, for example, is working with nonprofits, helping churches. They need help. Like there is no one here like could be identified as most of, you know, I'm a, I'm a nonprofit attorney, for example. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that drove me into the area of law. So what I would say, let's say you do decide to become a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Just don't stop. Abraham Lincoln, we had a quote in our uh, library in our law school. If you truly intend to become an attorney, your path is halfway done. Mm -hmm. So it's just persistence, persistence, and persistence. In law school, half the class, I went in the middle of my class, was smarter than I am. I was one of the 13 who passed the bar. The bar. And we're 44 people took it. Wow. So I was obviously a divine thing. Yeah. <laughs> I did study for it, but I'm in the middle of my law school. And yeah. then out of the fourth year, four years of materials that I was supposed to read, I read, read one and a half. But I'm saying I didn't read yeah. anything in law school, which is insane. Yeah, that is insane because... Well, you have to... Well, I did read. I know exactly what I was... I knew what the case was. I just didn't want to spend the time to actually go through it. Okay. Like, I know what to find now. It's like... We're just perfecting a thing with you, but I knew exactly what they're trying to get to. Okay, so what is it? Can you share that that secret? What? What were they trying to get to? Or oh, uh, it's issue spotting, facts, use of okay. facts, and issue spotting, and that doesn't come with uh, skill or realization. It comes with experience. Okay, so and I'm learning with it right now. The more experienced you are, the better you are at identifying issues, like legal issues, instead of facts. For example, you tell me a story. I want to start um, a liquor store. Mm -hmm. An experienced attorney would say, well, there's a lot of regulatory issues with uh, your business because there's a lot of, uh, California observes like um, marijuana, uh, uh, tobacco, and then mm -hmm. alcohol. I worked in the uh, tax section. Mm -hmm. Those are tax issues in there. So 
experienced attorney will know the consequences. He'll know enough facts to tell you the legal problems that you might uh, might have. Mm-hmm. So that's what you learn throughout law school, and then you learn it through reading case law. They give you a lot of case law, meaning old cases. Mm-hmm. From so you just read, try to see the issue and see the, the solution. Yeah. So there's uh, issue spotting. So facts. Mm-hmm. There's uh, an issue, mm-hmm. the main question of the case, whether or not you legally were inside the house or outside the, uh, the house and when determining if it was a burglary, for example, mm-hmm. or robbery. Mm-hmm. That's a big question. And that, that, that's the narrow issue. To spot that issue, that's really hard to do. You have to learn how to do it. That's what they teach you. Mm-hmm. And then the use of facts, what exactly happened? Did you use a stick? Was, is the stick entry or the hand is an entry through the house, the threshold of the house, for example? The oh detail, goodness. yeah, you'll be surprised. That's crazy. People use like sticks because it's not, oh, I'm not inside, it's the sticks. Well, it's an extension of your arm, so yes, you are inside the house now. Okay. So that's the type of analysis that people, that they make you go through. And then you okay. learn it because you can't really see, what do you mean issue? That might be an issue. This is an issue. This is an issue. This is an issue. No, 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 no. Or people yeah, might. There are issues, but what's the goal, the main one? Okay, okay. That's what people might, like, if they had issues in their life, they're just comparing to the things to themselves and they might not be issues. Yeah. But in law, every single little, if the T's not crossed, that might be an issue. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. to continue on your question and determining what to do and how can you, mm-hmm. if you're married, think twice. It is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. If you go to Lincoln Law School, it's night school. You could. If you're a male, I don't want to discriminate against females, but if you're married and you're male, it's easier if you're unmarried and if you're male, I would say. For me, it was easy because my wife would take care of the things at home. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry about cooking, cleaning, because your wife. You had a great support system. Yeah, at that home. is that is literally a support system. Well, yeah. you know, guys live longer who are married. Right. I know. I didn't know that. If you're happily married, I think ten years gives uh, adds on to your life. So you have really? to choose to be happy in your life. Yeah. Note the the key. You have to choose to be happy. Choose in your life. to be happy. Don't don't expect somebody else to make the happiness you happy. happiness is something that you know brings up on you. It's just something you choose. Yeah. And then you realize you're happy later on. Yeah. That's another secret, um, secret that I learned from reading a lot of psychology books. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, uh, the family of your who you are in the family is uh, if you're non non married, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be easier too. Um, but if you're, for example, a married female and you have children, it's extremely extremely difficult. It's not impossible. Mm-hmm. But you might pass law school, you might not pass the bar. So that's one of the things that um, people think they pass the law uh, law school, but just take six times the bar exam, seven times the bar exam. Where do you give up? When, when do you call it quits? What is so difficult about the bar? Is it in a different language? Uh, it's, they trick you intentionally. Okay. So they, they intentionally trick you. They there mislead are you. There are 200 MB, um, multiple choice questions on the exam. Mm-hmm. They give you eight hours to do them. Six or eight. I did three and a half thousand or four and a half, three and a half thousand practice ones to do 200 on the exam. In you did three and a half thousand in eight hours? No, no, no. I did, and that one prepping for the bar exam. Okay, it took okay. Me three months, and then you do like two hundred a day, a hundred a day, and then that that takes you hours. They will intentionally like they put facts there, knowing how a normal person would know a law. They'll put that fact there. You would, and but then they know the exception. Mm-hmm. But then if you didn't know the exception, you're done. So you have to know the law specifically. Wow. And then there's a written portion. So the bar exam is a separate subject. It's really difficult, but it's not impossible. The bar exam. California Supreme Court, that's what uh, makes the bar exam in existence. That's what the, the, the governing body, mm-hmm. they lowered the score just now, recently. So it's going to be 
going to be easier, easier to pass. Yes. So, is, but is New that York, lame or is that is that good? I don't know. I would say yes because when I was passing the bar, I wish it was uh, small because a lot of people are in the threshold. Yeah. Uh, the lower score a little bit, so they're in that threshold. They couldn't really, you know, pass. Yes. So, okay. but if you're definitely always failing, failing, and you were like way below, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're not supposed to be in a journey. You have to at least try. You have to be there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what is your goal? Kind of, you have your your firm now. You have some things that you're doing on the side. Long term goal. What are you What are you trying to develop? What What is the What do you What do you see this becoming? So, I would have a bigger firm. So, I would have a higher associates. Mm -hmm. And then I would do the selling. Mm -hmm. I would hardly probably do actual um, legal work, mm -hmm. so I would, I would give it to my associates to do, and then I would free up my time to do. Uh, so I would say my law degree would kind of diminish with age, mm -hmm. and then my religious activity would increase. By age. Mm. So I would compensate. So I would give me more opportunity to do the nonprofit work that I wanted to actually okay. passionate for. So ult ultimately, yes, grow up my firm enough so a person who wants to work, great, I'm gonna pay him fair. I'm mm -hmm. going to fairly pay him because I know the other end of not being paid fairly. Mm -hmm. And then do my um, primarily book publishing uh, okay. research, um, going back to school, uh, with uh, you know, going for a master's in divinity, mm -hmm. PhD, um, or another doctorate. So that's my, that's my end goal. So law, Are you looking to get into politics at all? Um, no, I don't know. I, I don't know anymore. Or I don't government? Know. We'll see how the divine work in me <laughs> will lead me. I'm not likely. Okay. You, it's not something you think about. No, I don't. Okay. But I know it's, it's like any other science you can learn. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because cool. you don't, yeah, it, you could be there, but so, it all depends on where I'm at and what I'm exactly I'm doing. Okay. All depends on some of the projects that are like about to be born. Well, mm -hmm. they were born five years ago. I just need to realize them. Mm -hmm. Depends how they launch. If they launch in a very successful manner, I know exactly that's the thing to do. Okay. If they don't, yeah, God will show me. Okay. Um, are you looking to hire associates? No, not yet. Not yet. So I need to establish a steady flow of work for myself okay. to a point where I can't take it longer mm -hmm. anymore, where I need someone else's help. For now, I have a, a, lot, a lot of, well, not a lot of time. I know I need, I need more work. It's manageable. Manageable, yeah. Okay. Definitely manageable. Um, where can somebody listening wants to become an attorney or somebody else listening is looking to hire somebody exactly like you, where can they find you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, I have a website, uh, my personal website, my work website, so mm -hmm. uh, various. So my law firm website is uh, www.grinevich.law, mm -hmm. so G-R-I-N-E-V-I-C-H, mantle, mantle, mm -hmm. dot law, L-A-W. And then my personal website is elijahgrinevich.com, that's where my books are sold. Mm -hmm. And then um, my biography, you can contact me through uh, those channels, or Facebook, Instagram, my profiles are public. Okay. You can follow me and then message me anytime so it's not okay to find me awesome elijah again thank you so much for making time sharing all this uh insight and uh info it's kind of crazy um well, i've had two previous uh law students on uh -huh. and i'm still learning so much more with you on because now you've i mean you're definitely a pro it sounds like and you have a lot more experience um so thank you for that again. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's been a, it's been really nice. It's it's I, I enjoy coming back and sharing some of the advice. It's uh, because you've been through it. It's like an old workout that you're good at now. Yeah, and yeah. You can, you, know, can, you can brag about not really brag, but share your experience. So okay. I really enjoyed it. You have a really nice show. I follow you. Uh, I watch your videos. So I'm excited to be here. Okay, awesome. So thanks. Awesome. Appreciate it.